Sports is no longer just about the game itself. To be a success and to find fulfillment in the game, it takes more. The mental, relational, and cultural component has become more of a focus. No longer is talent enough. An athlete has to be trained in a holistic manner to reach their potential. Training the Complete Athlete provides a wide variety of interviews and informational podcasts for coaches, parents, and athletes to gain insight to reach a higher level of performance. Today, I'm happy to welcome Brenna Blaine. And one of the things I love about my job is I meet people in so many different areas between being a parent and a professional. And I actually met Brenna through uh, my kids' theater group, which I have learned that being in the performance world is being in the performance world. It doesn't matter if it's sports or arts or theater, that we all go through the same thing. Dynamics are very similar, just the activities are different. And I have got to hear her story and she's an amazing speaker. Um, that's what she focuses uh, most of her work life on is speaking, uh, teaching, and she also is part of the ministry. And her story is, was so impactful the first time I heard it. We were actually recording it and our my producer looked at me, she goes, is this how the whole day is gonna go? That we're gonna be crying and like feel this way all day? I go, pretty much. Because you know we started off with you, I'm like, nobody's gonna be better than that. But the reason I have brought Brenda here is she has a, an important um, story about depression and suicide ideation. And that is so um, such a massive topic right now. And nobody's really talking about it. We usually deal with it after the fact instead of focusing on prevention. And that's really important. So Brenna, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to, to hear your story again and give some skills uh, to our listeners to help them through this hard time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So Tell me, you know, you, as I say, your story and, and the the experiences you've had with mental health. Um, I know some of your stuff started pretty early in, on in life. And um, lots of times people don't think that it impacts people till they're adults, but it can start pretty much at any time. Yeah. So um, when I was young, I figured out pretty early on that I was tall for my age. And so my, my siblings both did theater, but I was also really into athletics. And so I decided I would try a few different sports. And one of my favorite sports was basketball. I loved playing. I played uh, two, two full seasons. And then my third season, I went in and it was a completely different coach, different girls, people I'd never met before. And I ended up being molested by my basketball coach. And so at that age, I was 10. I had no language, no ability um, to really explain to my parents what had happened. I felt um, I felt that it was my fault. I felt that uh, just, I, I, knew, I knew something terribly wrong had happened, but I, I just had no, no ability to talk about it. And um, at the same time, my parents were also separated. And so there's a lot, there's a lot going on at home and I just had no ability to process through anything. And so I bottled it up. And by the time I was 14, I was just completely depressed, uh, self-harming quite regularly, um, just choosing not to go to social events, not really being able to explain why I didn't want to be around people, why I didn't want to be around friends. And I just knew that what I felt was unbearable. It just felt so awful. And um, I, I had a really good home life. My, my parents, um, they actually ended up getting back together. They were incredible parents to me. And I know that my mom tried really, really hard to figure out what had happened um, at that particular 
basketball practice um, and I just denied it. And so as time went on, um, yeah, it, it, it really affected me. And I didn't know that. I didn't know I was depressed. Um, and I think there's other reasons why I was depressed. I think I had a lot of pressure on myself um, in the academic world. I was going to a prep school that was really, really difficult and we didn't have any extracurricular things. So I didn't feel like I was doing anything that I was, you know, particularly passionate about. I also didn't really know where I was with my faith. I, I was raised in a Christian home, but I saw the Bible talk about who God was. And then I saw this disconnect because if God is good, then why is my life awful? And so uh, I went through high school just thinking about suicide all the time, especially in the fall and winter here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, that's a huge factor. And I, I know that is in other places as well, but my parents put me into counseling uh, at age 14 once they figured out I was self-harming. And for me, that was a really, really positive thing because instead of having to have these hard conversations with my parents that didn't necessarily know how to react, I was able to have these conversations with a professional. And so by the time I graduated high school, I felt a lot better. I, I had been on maybe six different medications by the end of high school, super normal. Um, it didn't feel normal, but now when I look back on it, I go, okay, that, that was good. Um, even though it was a long list, I was able to figure out and say, hey, this isn't working for me, let's try something else. That was, that was really good. Um, and I was exercising and I'm just doing all these things for my mental health that people would always say to do, but I didn't think they'd really work. And, and for me, they did. And I, I was feeling really good. And so about three, two and a half years uh, out of high school, I was doing really, really well. Um, I was working a few different jobs altogether full time. I was in ministry. I had traveled the world. I'd gone to nine countries and under a year. Um, I was just doing everything that I loved and I felt amazing. And for me, I really thought that my journey with mental health was pretty much over. I thought that I was healed and I thought that I would probably maybe seasonally deal with depression and anxiety, but I thought other than that, I'm great. Then this is, this is awesome. I'm glad it was a phase. And then out of nowhere, um, one summer, the summer before I got married, actually, um, I had an anxiety attack. It was totally out of the blue. I was walking, I was on my way back from a camp. I was walking through a grocery store. I just had a complete meltdown. I couldn't figure out what it was. And I thought that's so weird. That's so, so, so weird. I just, I had just gotten my dream job. I was about to get married in a few months. I was going back to school. There's all these things working out for me that were like things that I dreamed of um, that I'm like, this makes no sense. But every single day I would wait for that anxiety to leave and it never did. And so by the end of September, I was not like I had lost the ability to sleep and, and I wasn't um, I was never hungry, so I wasn't eating in September through January. That was my entire reality. I was not sleeping, not eating. I was trying to do school. I was working in ministry. I was, uh, I got married in November. So part of that, I was in a newly wed. And um, I just thought this doesn't 
this doesn't make any sense. This literally doesn't make any sense. My situation is amazing. My life is amazing. And all I can think about is ending this pain that I'm in. And I'm at this point, I'm 22 years old. And I felt pretty emotionally mature. And like, I was able to think through things well, but at, but at this point as well, it was like, it feels like there's no end in sight. And um, I was seeing, I was seeing a therapist. I was seeing doctors. I was on medication at this point too. And I remember at one point, my therapist said, well, you, you might be bipolar. This might be something you're struggling with. I think we should look into it. I went and saw my doctor and I said, this is what my therapist said. What do you think? And he said, yeah, I, that, that sounds like it could be a thread we might want to follow. And the medication you're on right now is probably not helpful if you're bipolar. But if you know anything about mental health medication, you really have to wean yourself off and on. And so you can't just cold turkey stop. Um, and, and so I was trying to get in to see psychiatrists and those can be difficult to get into. I think especially right now, um, these long waiting lists, insurance is, is difficult. And so for me, it just felt like, okay, I was calling therapist or psychiatrist and it was like, oh, we can get you in in six months. And I was like, six, I cannot live six more months like this. I cannot live six more months like this. And so um, January, I wanna say January 15th, 15th, I woke up, I went to work, I told my boss I'm thinking about quitting. Um, I was excused from my meetings from the day and I went home, I was like, okay, I'm gonna kill myself, this is it. Um, or I didn't go, I was going to go home and, and I had a plan and someone came to my office um, and, and they walked into my office and shut the door and said, do, do I need to take you to the hospital? which that, do, that doesn't happen, right? Like that, right. what the heck is that? And I said, no, fine. And, and they just looked at me and they said, Brenna, is there any sense of relief in the idea of me taking you to the hospital and maybe getting you some answers? And I thought, well, it's like either go home and kill myself or try this. So I said, yes, and my husband met, met us at the hospital. I got checked in. I, I went to a psych ward. I saw a psychiatrist who asked me so many questions. And um, it was like the idea of going to the hospital was so terrifying. But at, at the same time, I was like, oh, my gosh, I get to see a psychiatrist. Like today, I get to see a psychiatrist instead of in six months. And so um, they agreed. They, they thought what I was experiencing looked a lot like bipolar. It looked like I was having a prolonged manic episode that was probably medically induced from the medication I was on. And even though that was awful, it was like, I felt like I was crazy. And then all of a sudden, here's a name for what I'm feeling. Here's a reason for what I'm feeling. And it was like, there are so many people equipped in my circle, in my community to help me deal with this. And, um, and I think a month later, I found out I was pregnant. So it was like just the lowest low and a month later, the highest high. And man, if 
I just, I just, I look at my son and I think there's so many people who, who think this day will never come in whatever aspect that looks like for them because they just want the pain to be over. But there's something so beautiful beyond that pain. And it might take months and it might take years and it might take multiple medications and going through multiple therapists and counselors. But that that day will come, that moment will come and there you will have a, a point where you say, I'm so glad I didn't kill myself. I'm so glad I didn't kill myself. Um, and so, yeah, that's in, in a, in a little snippet, that's kind of my story and journey with mental health. So um, obviously I'm bipolar. And so I take medication. I see a therapist quite regularly, especially right now. Um, I have people who check in with me regularly, um, but I, um, life is so beautiful and I, I could never imagine that it would look like this for me. And I'm, I'm so happy I'm here. Could you tell um, tell us a little bit more about what bipolar truly is? I think there's a misunderstanding of what bipolar um, looks like. I know when I used to work with teenage girls all the time, they called each other <laughs> bipolar. I'm mm -hmm. like, then I went through grad school. I'm like, yeah, that's not what bipolar disorder is. So what does that even look like? Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of mental health uh, professionals now would, would agree that bipolar is much more of a scale than it is like your bipolar one or your bipolar two. And so right now, um, I have the diagnosis of bipolar two, but, um, bipolar is really, um, a mental illness that affects you in two different ways mainly. And so you can have depressive episodes and for me and for a lot of people who are bipolar two, you don't get diagnosed with bipolar, you get diagnosed with major depression because your depressive episodes last much longer and they're much more prominent. Well, the other side of bipolar is, um, is mania, hypo or hypo, hyper or hypomania. And that's when you have lots of energy and you're very productive. And um, it's kind of like, uh, it's not very PC, but it's kind of like being on Adderall. Like you can just go, 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 go. Um, and so a lot of people think, especially I think the way Hollywood has portrayed it is it's like, okay, one day you're hypermanic and then the next day you're depressed and then the next day you're manic and then the next day, it's not like that. Um, these episodes can last anywhere from weeks to months. Like I said, mine, my depressive was really mixed actually. Um, but my episode was almost six months long. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's once you get medication or even a schedule that works for you, um, you can have really uh, long periods of time of not feeling either. You can feel really, really normal. And so, um, it's just, it's for me, bipolar is a more, um, you just feel things more intensely. Um, and, and it's more seasons than it is up and down every day. And I think that's a great way to describe it as seas it's seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, cause 
everything I've ever heard is, well, I think I have bipolar because my moods changed really quickly. And I'm always like, it actually goes. Oh, sorry. Your voice cut out. Can you start? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said, I think uh, seasonal is a great way to describe it because so many people will come to me and say, well, I wonder if I'm bipolar because my mood changes so dramatically. And I'm like, it it doesn't run like that. It can, as I say, it can go weeks or months. And um, then when I draw out kind of what it could look like, they go, yeah, that's not me. Or, oh my gosh, that, you know, that is how my life goes. And one of the other things too, there's, there's two mental health diagnoses that we call biological disorders. One is schizophrenia. The other one is bipolar disorder. They're not similar, but what it means is there's a biological factor that is in your brain that medicine is what best treats it. Now, counseling also is very important, right? Because with so many other things, you need to be able to process and get skills and keep stress and anxiety level low. But one of the other things too, is so many people come and say, I don't want to do medication, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say, if you needed to take insulin because you had diabetes, you would do it. It's the same thing with mental health stuff. It isn't, you know, isn't, it isn't a bad thing. It's take the best advice from your uh, medical professional, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's great that you said, Hey, I've had to try different medications out. And with uh, stuff for mental health, it could be a while to figure out which matches. So that's a great, um, way for people to understand that it just takes some time to figure out what works for you and your brain chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with bipolar disorder, that brain chemistry really does need the medication to get to, you know, as you say, having more of that time of, of normal and maybe not have such a, uh, such significant swings of move from depre- depression to mania. So going back to the suicide, um, suicidal thoughts and that plan what led you that suicide was going to be an option? And it was the option for a Mm. short period of time. I think it was just, for me, it was like, okay, I thought that I had experienced depression before. I thought that I experienced anxiety. And in high school, I think it was so um, a mix with everything else, like your hormones and everything you're experiencing that, I think we don't we don't get a proper glimpse of what life is like. The, but the second time when I was a young adult, or I, mean, I guess I am a young adult, but um, just this, like, I thought I knew what mental illness was. Um, and so here's a totally new angle I'd never experienced before. Um, and then it also didn't make sense to me that my outside situation was quite literally amazing in high school it was like it wasn't awful but it was rough and now it's like this is everything I could ever want and I feel awful I feel this complete disconnect from everything around me and I think I mean in in a literal sense like the lack of sleep for months drives you crazy Mm -hmm. And, and, and so everything you're experiencing is just like this complete disconnect and lie. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, at least I know, like I can end this. Mm-hmm. Like, at least I know that this can just be over if I just choose to do this. Um, and that takes, I mean, it was like, okay, I can't, I can't think about, you know, my possible future. I can't think about anything. Else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just the fact that while life is really good and I, and I can't even connect to that. Well, one of the misunderstandings of suicide 
is people think that people that commit suicide do want to die. Mm -hmm. That's not what they're chasing. They're chasing pain ending, right? And they can't find another solution. Mm -hmm. And one of the hard things, and you express this in your story is it's a, it's a long-term solution for a short-term problem. Because once you were able to get the help you needed, you were able to see the great things that were in your life. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like having this massive fog that you couldn't even see through. But then when somebody was able to say, let me help you clear out the fog, life was awesome again. Absolutely. Right? And so one of the things that I always want people to know is there's always going to be some way to help you out of your pain. It may be a longer term thing, but I loved how you said to be able to see the beauty on the other side because it is waiting there for you. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard to see sometimes, but it's so crucial to remember, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things too is, you know, you said you're a young adult and one of the things about mental health is so much of mental health stuff um, pops up when you're a young adult working in the college setting for a long time. And that's usually when it shows up, late teens, you know, early twenties. So now that you're a, a grown up or into that young adult and how are you managing mental health now? So what does that look like on a daily basis? Like what's kind of your routine? Yeah, for me, um, some really important things is that I, I eat healthy and it's just normal things. I eat healthy. I don't overindulge in caffeine. I think that's a huge thing for young adults is we're like obsessed with coffee. And one of the first things my mental health nurse practitioner said to me is like, just cut whatever you're drinking in half and do that. And it made a huge difference for me with my anxiety. Um, I make sure that I have a balance between, I'm an introvert, so downtime and having really good boundaries with that, but then also doing creative things and doing things that I'm passionate about. Um, I have a doctor that I make sure that I see uh, when I need to. Um, And then something that I think is really important is inviting your community around you, whether that's your family, your friends, whoever, to speak into your life about what they're noticing. So for me, um, my dad does that quite often. You know, I just experienced a miscarriage and something my dad said to me the first time I saw him after that was, he said, hey, something I'm, I'm nervous about is you going into a depression. And so what are you doing? Um, to make sure that doesn't happen or to monitor yourself. And my husband checks in with me daily. Sometimes my husband goes to therapy with me so that my therapist can say, hey, um, th- these are some things we need to look out for. And then of course, my, my biggest suggestion for everyone is always, always, always see a therapist. Always see a therapist. You know, sometimes it can be really hard to get into therapy. Also, there are... Um, there are, uh, there are, what are they called? Like people, hotlines. There are hotlines you can call. And it's so interesting. Every story that I've ever read about someone who's called, they've always been like, they had the same like reservations about calling them. And those people are also trained to talk to you and to give you resources and to get you where you need to be. And so if you think there's no options for you, there are, there absolutely are and you just need to reach out um so that the people around you can help get you there and i guarantee you there are people in your life that that want to do that i think all these tips are absolutely fabulous as i say lots of times we just don't know the first step to take and being able to to follow this guidance of letting people into your life you don't have to keep mental health a secret you know reach out when you do need the help and keep a routine of taking care of yourself 
both physically and mentally, are going to really be able to put you in the best mental state possible. Brenna, thank you so much. As I say, your story always just teaches me so much and it gives so much guidance to people that are going through struggles with either new mental health or feeling that there's no other option but suicide. And if you want to hear more from Brenna, she has an amazing podcast called Can I Say That? And it really focuses on the Christian community and all the questions that they, do ne- they don't talk about, which is super important these days. Because like I say, so many people are too afraid to just step up and ask the question and bottling it up never really serves anybody. So I love that you're doing that and letting people uh, get more information and ask those big questions. So we wish you the best of luck and getting back into the speaking world once COVID disappears a little bit and we can all get back into serving people in person instead of always doing it online. So we wish you the best and thank you so much, Brenna. Thank you so much. Check out Train the Complete Athlete anywhere you can find podcasts or go to the website at www.trainingthecompleteathlete.com.